into there. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, starting in verse 10. 1 Corinthians 2, starting in verse 10. And if you didn't bring a Bible with you, we have Bibles under the seats in front of you, and you can take one of those out. And if you do not own a Bible, you can take one of those with you. Just make sure not to hold it above your head while you're leaving today, because it'll be ruined. 1 Corinthians 2, 10 through 16. Four important ministries of the Holy Spirit. So the gospel of Jesus Christ is being heard every single day by more and more people than ever before in in podcasts, online, uh, ministries everywhere, uh, revival ministries uh, throughout all parts of the world. And the truth is, is that more people are hearing the gospel every single day than ever before in history. And ever before. But it's also being rejected by more people than ever before in history. And the text that we are looking at this morning explains why. I'm going to just jump into verse 14 real quick before we read the whole thing together. In verse 14, it says there, But a natural man does not accept the depths of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them, because they are spiritually examined, spiritually discerned. We who are Christians... We have been rescued from spiritual darkness, and we have been specifically rescued from our darkness by the Holy Spirit. And this morning, we as Christians, we're going to celebrate the sovereign work of the Spirit in our lives, that that He was able to speak into the darkness of our hearts and do something incredible. Everyone, you know what He did? He showed us Christ. And he's still doing that. He's going to continue to do that as long as we live. So let's read together 1 Corinthians 2, 10 through 16. But to us, God revealed them through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. For who among men know the depths of a man except the Spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, the depths of God, no one knows except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may know the depths graciously given to us by God, of which depths we also speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the Spirit, combining spiritual depths with spiritual words. But a natural man does not accept the depths of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. He cannot understand them because they are spiritually examined. But he who is spiritual examines all things, yet he himself is examined by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he will direct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Our salvation involves all three persons of the Godhead. We see that in Ephesians 1, we see that in 1 Peter chapter 1. 
You cannot be saved apart from the Father's electing grace and the Son's loving sacrifice and the Spirit's ministry of conviction and regeneration. It's, it's really not enough to say, I believe in God. A lot of people say that, right? Well, I believe in God. What God? Well, unless it is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, there is no salvation. This Trinitarian aspect of our salvation helps us to, to understand better some of the mysteries of our salvation. Many people get confused, or some even just get frightened, when they hear, hear about election, predestination, all of these types of words. I have, I have people every once in a while that are like, oh no, you believe in predestination and election? I'm like, well, I read the Bible. It's, it's in there. What, do, you, do you believe in free will? Well, of course I do. It's in there. But Scott, those two are opposite from each other. No, they're not. They're both in there. God's ways are not my, my ways. And, and it's just, it's amazing how God works. As far as the Father is concerned, I was saved when he chose me in Christ before the foundation of the world. But I knew nothing about that before the night I was saved. It was hidden. It was a hidden part of God's wonderful plan. And as far as God the Son, Jesus is concerned, I was saved when he died for me on the cross. He died for the whole world, everyone, not just some. He died for everyone. But the whole world is not saved, is it? This is where the Spirit comes in. As the Spirit is concerned, in the life of Scott Julian, I was saved in my fourth grade year in a little house in Dadeville, Missouri. And the very next day, I decided to be baptized. It was then that the Holy Spirit applied the word to my heart, not the day of the baptism, the night before. The Holy Spirit applied the word to my heart. I believe and God saved me. All three parts are necessary or it doesn't work. Paul pointed out specifically here these important ministries of the Holy Spirit of God. Let's jump down to verse 12 first because I think that's a good one for us to start with. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God so that we may know the depths graciously given to us by God. First of all, the ministry of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit indwells us, indwells those who are Christians. The very moment you trusted Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God enters you and made it his temple. 
1 Corinthians 6 says that. He baptized you, baptism of the Spirit, and that identified you into the body of Christ, and that's in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. He seals you, Ephesians 1, 13 and 14. If anyone ever asks you, can you lose your salvation, the answer is, according to Scripture, if it's true, if you are a believer, can you lose the salvation? No. You're sealed. And the Spirit indwells you, remains with you, as it says in John 14, 16. The Spirit is God's gift to you. The Holy Spirit is a spirit of liberty and freedom. We have not received the spirit of the world because we've been called out of the world. We don't belong to the world anymore when we're a Christian. We are no longer an, under the authority of Satan. Isn't that good to know? We're no longer under the authority of a broken world system. Isn't that good to know? And because of that, we've received a, something that's, that's different. We have not received a spirit of bondage, a spirit of fear. And it's very clear in Romans 8, no, you had no spirit of bondage, no spirit of fear again. The Holy Spirit ministers to us, makes the Father real to us. And that ties into 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, where it says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Number one, the Spirit indwells believers. We have a wealth of spiritual resources that we don't have time right this second to mine. But we have this wealth because the Spirit lives within us. Amen? The Spirit searches within us as well. In verse 10, let's go back up. But to us, God revealed them through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. For who among men know the depths of a man except the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the depths of God no one knows except the Spirit of God. You know what? I'm pretty good at guessing what people are thinking every once in a while. Are, are any of you good at that? You know, I know what you're thinking. But I, I truly can't know everything that you're thinking. I can't know everything about your personality. I can see some things. But you know. You know what's going on in here. You know what's going on in here in your life. You know the rumblings and the, and the thoughts and the craziness sometimes that's going on but you know what I can't know at all I can't know at all at all the deep things of God without the spirit 
See, I can't know the deep things of God unless someone shows me all of God's attributes and God's personality. And there's only one that can do that, and that's his spirit. God has entered into me, has entered into you, and through the spirit, each believer becomes a sharer of the very life and breath of God. It says there what? The Holy Spirit knows the deep things of God, reveals those to us. And for some of you, you may go, I, I, don't, I don't understand that. Well, back up, and it's actually not that hard to understand. How many times have you tried to share the truth of God to something, something that's very, in your mind, this is a no-brainer. And they look at you like you're absolutely crazy. You're experiencing it then at that point. The Spirit has opened to you the truth of God. You, it's plain to you. I mean, this makes sense. This is how you should live. This is how you should speak. This is how you should glorify Him. And the person that doesn't know God looks at you and goes, you're a crazy person. It, so it's not that difficult to see this play out verse 10 makes it clear that the deep things of God really is another description of what it says in, in, in verse 9 before this the things which God has prepared for them that love him well what has he prepared for us heaven a new life in him a joyful life an incredible life in him, even in the midst of sorrow and pain and sickness and in death, a different life. God wants us to know today all the blessings of his grace that he's planned for us even in the midst of a tropical storm. Just stuff like that. And so the Spirit searches the depths, the deep things of God, and makes them clear to us. How? Well, in verse, thing, uh, verse 13, the Spirit teaches. Of which depths we also speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the Spirit, combining spiritual depths with spiritual words. There's a person in this room that every once in a while, while preaching, will say words I have no idea existed. And so after Daniel says those words, <laughs> I'm busy writing those words down to go learn what in the world did that mean. If it has more than three syllables, it, I, I'm, I'm done. But what's fun about it is that in the midst of learning new words, the words aren't what's important, it's the depth and the meaning of the word. And 
And that's really a picture I want us to understand there is that you'll hear something or you'll read something in God's word and go, I I don't really understand that yet. And then you go to other parts of God's word and you start to gather an understanding. Now, who's directing you in doing that? Spirit. The spirit is directing you in doing that. Jesus promised something, everyone. He promised us in John 14... We see it there. Jesus promised that the Spirit would teach us, guide us in the truth. But we must know carefully the sequence here. This is an interesting sequence, everyone. The Spirit taught Paul from where? From the Word. Not in words taught by human wisdom, but those taught by the Spirit, combining spiritual depth, spiritual words. The Spirit taught Paul from the Word. Paul then taught the believers. The truth, of, the truth of God is not found in the orator's words. The truth of God is found in the Word of God. The order of the words must be sharing the Word of God. And it's very important to note that these spiritual truths are given in specific words. In the Bible, we have much more than inspired thoughts. Do you catch this? We have inspired words. John 17, I have given unto them the words which you have given to me, not the thoughts. Not the general paraphrase, the words. And, and, and let me p- paint a picture for you on this. Most of the people in this room have different vocations. I'm a pastor and I lead a Christian nonprofit. We have people in here in medicine. We have people in, in electronic design in here. We have real estate. We have building. We have banking. We have et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? All types of vocations. Each one of you have had to learn a specialized vocabulary in order to succeed, in order to excel. The successful Christian learns the vocabulary of God. The vocabulary of the Spirit. And then makes use of it. If I am a banker and I know all of the key words and key statutes of banking but do not use it, what will happen? I will get in trouble. I will be debanked. The Christian knows the meaning of not just thoughts, but what? Words. Words around here that we try to teach you often. Justification, sanctification, adoption, election, inspiration. Words that are important. 
and an understanding God's vocabulary, then you become able to understand God's word, and then you will be able to understand God's will for your life. If the engineering student can grasp the technical terms of all of the different things necessary for engineering, why should it be difficult for Christians taught by the Spirit to grasp the vocabulary of Christian truth? But there's people all the time, all the time that will say, hey, I don't want to learn more about those words. I just want something that makes my heart feel squishy and warm. Encourage me. I am. Know the words. That's my encouragement. If you know the words, you will know the will of God and you will know how to apply it to your life. Me telling you all about Jesus giving you a bigger teddy bear than the one you used to have in a squishy, nice thought does nothing for you in a real world. Other than you take a bigger teddy bear out there and it gets whacked. People sometimes go, well, but those words may seem like they could be dull. Well, that's the fault of the person up front then. Because if you teach God's word right, it's exciting. He did this for me. He justified me. I shouldn't be justified. I'm not worthy of anything that God's done for me. He's made me just. He's made me right. How did he do that? Through Jesus. That's exciting. So doctrine is exciting because if you know God's words, you know his will, you know his way, and your way will be done rightly because it's his way. It's a thrill to know the deep things of God. So how does the Spirit teach the believer? He compares spiritual things with spiritual things. He reminds us of what he has taught us. He relates the truth to something that's going on in our life, leads us into new applications, everyone, new applications of an old truth. So when the world starts talking about AI, God's words remain the same, God's truth remains the same, God's way remains the same. God's will remains the same. How I apply it to this crazy AI thing is new, but the truth is the same. He's prepared us for everything. There's nothing he hasn't prepared us for. The Holy Spirit's kind of like a, a householder He, he brings forth out of his treasure things new and things old. You ever you, you go into a, someone's house and they, they bring out this new shiny thing, which is really not new at all. It's been in the family for years, but you didn't know about it. And that's what happens many times when we read the Bible. I had no idea that was there. This is news to me. 
but it's been there all along. Jesus based his teaching where? On the Old Testament. Yet people were what? They were amazed. This guy is amazing. But what he was teaching was already there. He taught it because it was necessary to know God's will and God's way. And I suggest that you make time every day then to read God's word, meditate on it, follow a regular schedule in that reading, give yourself time. Give yourself time to pray, to think, and to meditate on his word. Let the spirit of God teach you. Let the spirit of God search the word and teach you. Study and apply. Study and apply. Study and apply the biblical doctrine, and that will transform your life. I love hearing the rain, by the way. The Spirit also then matures the believer in the last three verses here. But a natural man does not accept the depths of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them, because they are spiritually examined. But he who is spiritual examines all things, yet he himself is examined by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he will direct him? But we have the mind of Christ. So we have a contrast here. We have a contrast between a saved person, that's the spiritual mind, the, he who is spiritual, because the spirit indwells them, and then the natural person, as some of your translations would say, but a natural man is unsaved. So spiritual saved, natural unsaved. In 1 Corinthians 3, verses 1 through 4, Four, Paul is actually going to introduce a third kind of person. And I want you to hang your hat on this because you're going to maybe go, oh, I didn't know it meant that. So you have natural, unsaved, spiritual, saved. And then there's a third that he introduces called carnal. Carnal is actually saved. So some of you go, man, carnal, man, that's not saved. Actually, Carnal, we're going to find out, is a maturity issue. So you have spiritual, and then you have carnal. And that carnal person is one who lives on a childhood level because they have not fed on the word and they do not grow, and they end up stumbling and falling and fumbling and in their Christian walk all over the place. But at one time, we were natural, having only the things of nature, not of God. We then trusted the Savior. The Spirit came in. We were moved into spiritual, able to live in the realm of the Spirit. Then we have time to grow. The unsaved man cannot receive things of the Spirit because he does not believe in them, cannot understand them. But the Christian, day by day, receives the things of the Spirit. He grows, he matures. He or she matures. One of the marks of maturity is discernment, the ability to 
penetrate beneath the depth of the surface of life and see things as they really are. Unsaved people walk by sight. And what's interesting is that they're really blind. They see nothing. They're spiritually blind. The maturing Christian grows in the spirit and discernment, develops the ability with the spirit's help and maturing them and teaching them and mining the depths of God's word to understand more and more the will and mind of God. The Corinthians then, why did he write this? Why did Paul write this? Because they lacked the discernment. They were spiritually ignorant. And to have the mind of Christ, as it says there in the last part of verse 16, does not mean that we're infallible and that we're perfect and we play God in the life of this world because no one instructs God. To have the mind of Christ means to look at life from the Savior's point of view. Having Jesus' values and His plan in mind. It means to think God's thoughts and to not think like the world thinks. The unsaved person does not understand the Christian. As we said earlier, they, we live in two different worlds. What's interesting, though, is this is what's so interesting about this. The unsaved person does not understand the Christian, but the Christian understands the unsaved person. Why? Because we were once one of them. Now, an unsaved person can figure out flaws in people's life. They often do. But the unsaved man really can't penetrate into the full understanding of how that all happens and how to solve what's going on. I like really what the New American Standard says here on this. But he who is spiritual appraises all things. Yet he himself is appraised by no man. Who appraises us? God, the Spirit. That no man includes other Christians as well. We have to be very careful not to become spiritual dictators. And the Corinthians were wrapped up in like the gifts of the Spirit, miraculous signs, gifts of the Spirit. They were neglecting the basic ministries of the Spirit, like what we're teaching here today and in and, and the emphasis of the Spirit. They were then neglecting the Father and the Son because they were just all about signs and wonders, but forgetting that the Spirit's chief job is to help us grow and know how to live as believers. I saw a phrase this week and I think it really applies to all of this because what these believers in Corinth, they were having a problem with being balanced in their understanding of the Holy Spirit. They wanted to focus just on miraculous signs and wonders and not the totality of what the Spirit does in our lives. And I, and I kind of came up with a four-word phrase for me. Blessed are the balanced. Blessed are the balanced. Christians that get the whole teaching of God's word and not camp out on one slice of it. C. 
See, blessed are then, this, and this is how this made sense to me, blessed are those who understand and share the whole counsel of God. So here's some applications as we wrap this up. I said this last week, I want to say it again. We need to remember that, one, we need to give the Holy Spirit full credit for salvation. You don't deserve it. Spirit deserves it. Son deserves it. God deserves it. You, on the other hand, don't. But aren't you glad you have it? Understanding that will help you live in a world of darkness and still be able to rejoice. Not just in the fact that there's just a bunch of junky stuff that fortunately we're no longer of this world, we're part of God's world, but we're still in this world. We got a job to do, we'll explain that in one second. But another thing to remember is that we need to be rejoicing as we see in this section of scripture that the Spirit's still working on us and is still mining the depths of God's truth and teaching that to us and helping us grow and apply new things every single day. Rejoice that the Spirit's not done working with you yet. Remember that the mind of Christ totally harmonizes with the words of Scripture and the Spirit then will minister to you and through you with that. And then, like I said just a second ago, understand the state of the lost of this world, the people around you. We are surrounded by people who are without hope. Without God, they don't understand this message. They're lost. And no one likes to say it this way, but Scripture says it this way, so we need to say it this way. Those that do not know Christ as Savior, they're on their way to hell. And if they're not converted, they're condemned for sins. And the truth that we know as Christians is their only hope. It's the only hope for them. And as you begin to talk to people, once again, starting today, when you leave here and you talk today to people that are not believers, you will realize just how true verse 14 is that they don't get, they don't get the things of Christ. It will seem like foolishness to them. They're going to push back on it, etc., etc. Don't give up. The Holy Spirit has power to transform people. The Spirit transformed you. The Spirit has power to pick the locks of the soul. The Spirit picked your lock of your soul. And the Spirit swings that door open, and Jesus walks right in. How powerful is that? So this week, I think all of us should be saying in light of these scriptures, Lord, may the, may the Spirit teach me this week. Mind the depths of your word. 
mature me. Search out the meaning of your word, God, and, and let me understand it and understand your will for my life. And also, Lord, lead me to someone who's ready to hear this message and open the floodgates of their soul. Wouldn't you love to see that happen with someone in your life? You can probably think of whoever that person is right now. I think every single Christian would love to be sharing the gospel with someone who all of a sudden looks at them and says, hey, that sounds good, what should I do? And you go, awesome. And hopefully you know what to say to them. So really it should be, Lord, lead me to someone who's ready to come to Christ. So I can share your truth, your love, your hope, the message of Christ with them. Knowing that the Holy Spirit's opening the door. And Jesus is going to walk right in. And I think if you've ever seen that happen with someone you know, maybe you don't even know them real well, you rejoice. The ministry of the Holy Spirit is powerful. We don't talk about it a lot sometimes because I think just like in Corinth, people can focus in on just one little section of the Holy Spirit and then mess up everything else about the Holy Spirit. Blessed are those who are balanced with their understanding of what the Holy Spirit is who he is and how he works in our lives let's pray together lord i thank you for this time together this morning i thank you for everyone that is here lord i pray that we will be guided by the spirit in applying the truths of your word understanding that people that do not know you are going to be confused by your word because it just doesn't make sense to them because they're walking by sight they're not walking by faith may we always walk by faith being led by the spirit guided in your words to know your way and to apply it to every single situation in life 